Hey, this is Dan, and thanks for tuning in to the podcast where I talk legal stuff with lawyers that I know, like, and trust. I hope you find the information really useful, and if you need legal help, that you reach out to one of these lawyers directly or drop by lawbydan.com, and I can steer you in the right direction. Here is your podcast. New housing laws set to come into effect in October this year will make it harder for Queensland landlords to ban pets in rental properties. A landlord could decline a tenant's request for a pet for no specific reason, but come October 1, that is going to change. Well, to find out more about these laws and their applicability, I'm with OMB partner Tom Robinson. Tom, what changes can landlords and tenants expect on October 1? Thanks, Dan. Um, great question. So it's definitely something that we are fielding uh, a lot of questions about at the moment. But basically, from October 1, the main difference will be that, yes, landlords will not necessarily be able to apply a blanket ban on having pets in their properties. So essentially, that means from October 1, whether you're under a current tenancy arrangement or a new tenancy arrangement, a tenant will have a right to request um, an approval to keep a pet within the tenanted lot and the landlord must not unreasonably withhold that consent. So there's no more, no pets allowed in this, we don't accept pets, we are advertising as a pet-free unit, that will all be out. And, and despite what might be said about that tenancy, the, uh, the tenant will be able to apply to have um, a, a pet allowed and, and that will have to be considered genuinely by the landlord. Tom, it goes without saying that there is probably lots of landlords that might be listening to this podcast that are very, very unhappy about all this. Yes, and 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 it is something that you know it, it sounds a bit doom and gloom for the landlords, but the reality is is it's only to suggest and allow tenants to have a right to keep an animal within their lot, you know, arguably because it's the Australian way or whatever the reason is behind that. But that doesn't mean landlords won't have a say or certainly be able to make a reasonable decision on allowing or approving. Um, someone to keep an, keep an animal within that tenanted lot. And what I mean by that is it's all going to come down to landlords making a reasonable decision. So that's essentially saying, well, on what basis would I actually allow the tenant to keep the animal that they are requesting within the lot? So what are the reasonable conditions that would satisfy me to say, you know what, if you comply with these reasonable conditions, I'll be okay about it. And 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 on that, that's that's dealing with what type of animal is it? Is it an indoor? Is it an outdoor animal? What are the requirements around if it's an outdoor animal versus an indoor animal? The, the whole breadth of, of conditions that could be put on that is... Is, is realistically at the landlord's discretion. And I'm assuming also that uh, if there's any you know damage as a result of having the pet, then that would be taken up in the exit report in any case and the, the rental would be, be liable for those costs. Absolutely. And that, that's one thing that's really been made pretty clear through this process is, you know, someone keeping an animal within the lot that causes damage to the lot or, or, or around, it's not going to be considered to fall under that wear and tear category. How are body corporates, you know, dealing with this, Tom? I mean, and I know that's an area that you and, and OMB do a lot of work in. Uh, is there like lots of conversations at the moment uh, you know, among body corporates around how they handle all this? Look, there is a lot. I think there's a lot of talk because it's a change. Um, and and yeah. the first thing is, is, well, how does that impact us and how does that impact committees and bodies corporates where they're in a very similar situation but have been for many, many years whereby 
a body corporate can't unreasonably withhold consent to, to a person wanting to keep an animal within a lot. So it, it's really the same situation. There won't be in our view, any change to to bodies corporates dealing with that because even if a tenant is approved by its landlord to keep an animal within the lot, that tenant will still need to get approval from the body corporate to keep an animal within its lot. But the same position applies. It's not to be unreasonably withheld, you know, People are entitled to keep an animal within their lot, but there are conditions on that. There are limits to how many animals you can keep in with a lot before you need specific permits or licenses from local councils. And then what impact does that um, animal potentially pose for a body corporate? And then the conditions will be applied by the body corporate to that tenant or occupier of that lot. So so essentially the, the, the same way um, that we would deal with it in a body corporate will now be the way that landlords will deal with it with their tenants. Do you anticipate that there will be uh, sort of issues that derive from all this? I'm thinking particularly in, in bodies corporate where, you know, you might have, uh, you know, two lots that are very, very close together and one's got a, an incredibly loud barking dog. You know, do you think these type of things will become more prevalent given the introduction of this legislation? I think so. I, I, I do. I think that you might see a little influx initially, um, but I think that will be because people will be bringing animals into bodies, corporates and the lots without getting consent. I think people might yeah. mistake the approval from the landlord to be an approval from the body corporate. And, and that will be where we will see an influx of requests for applications and then potentially disputes. But, you know, in terms of will there be more animals in, in bodies, corporates? There might be a slight change. And bodies corporate that aren't you know, prepared for this, what should they be doing right this minute? In my view, they should be definitely looking at their bylaws. So their bylaws are what they can enforce to regulate the peaceful use and enjoyment of lots and common property within its scheme. So they're the tailor-made rules for everyone to, to follow to make sure that we're all living harmoniously. So that, And the, the big part of that is looking at the animals bylaw um, in our CMS, our community management statements in Queensland, and, and updating that, making sure that it's clear that there is an application process and what conditions or reasons and information is required by the committee uh, to consider those applications. That would be my fundamental um, thing for them to look at. And of course, OMB, uh, loads and loads of experience in this regard. So uh, assuming that, you know, if bodies corporate have got questions uh, or lot owners generally, uh, they can reach out to you. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, always here to, to, to field, a, field a quick call and, and ask any of these questions about this because it is a change. And then with change, there's always a bit of concern over what that means. Um, the only thing I forgot to mention just previously as well is, is the time frame that applies yeah, of course. under these new laws. It's 14 days from the request that the tenant makes to the landlord that the landlord must give it and make its decision. Um, if a decision is not made or communicated, there is a deemed approval after 14 days. Wow. Lots of changes coming uh, from October 1. Tom, thanks for joining me. No worries at all. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can find me on all social channels, including Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube with the handle Law by Dan, or simply drop by lawbydan.com. Thanks.